beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something to Wine About with your host, Siobhan Camille. And Taya Michelle. Where we whine, W-I-N-E, about life, love, relationships, and more, because sometimes you just need to whine a little. And on today's episode, we will be whining under our Family Chronicles series. You know, we talk about family and parenting and all that good stuff. And we are talking Daddy Issues, our new series, Daddy Issues. And today we'll be talking about being a daddy's girl. So grab your favorite glass of red, white, or rosé and join us on the couch. The couch, the couch, your coffee, cozy couch, the big coffee couch. I used to love that show. That was a good show. It was a good show. And I used to get upset every time I watched it because I wanted to be that flexible. As much as I've danced, I was never as flexible as Luna. Yeah, no. <laughs> My legs never did what hers could do. I tried several times and my body said, eh-eh. So. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Um, yes. But hello, people. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful week. It's been a whole seven days since we've talked to you. Oh, we kind of missed you a little bit. So before we jump into the topic, let's introduce these wines that we're whining on today. Siobhan. I am back to my whites, people. (laughs) Back on it. I am back to the whites. White in here. I am drinking a Pinot Gris from Willamette Valley in Oregon. The vineyard is called Terrapin Cellars or, yep. Mm. Um, Yeah, not really a whole lot on the back of this bottle. So that's not going to be real fun (laughs) at the end of this when I do my review. It's like a paragraph. It's not even really about the wine. It's about, it's about the, them, but it's all right. It's all right. We're here. It's about the company. It's about the company oh, okay. more than one. The them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am also drinking a Pinot Grigio. Oh, no, no, no. Mine is a Pinot Gris. Although I guess Gris is Grigio. Is that the same? Are they the same? I mean, I know they're both gray. One is Italian, one is French. I don't think they're the same. They're not. I don't think they are either. No, I have a Pinot Gris, not a Pinot Grigio. Oh, no, no. I have a Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I have a Pinot Gris. Um, I, it's made by, and I hope I say this name right. It is Italian. I want to say is Marcel Canale. Is that Italian or is yes, it Italian it's, one? it's an Italian wine. Then probably. That sounds about right. Yay! I think I got it right. Marcel Canale. So um, this is the wine that I actually had when me and my baby mother um yes I call my husband's children's mother my baby mother because we're blended so me and my baby mother we went to dinner oh my goodness we had so much fun um and we had this wine at the restaurant and I really enjoyed it so my husband surprised me one day uh because I was raving about it and he bought me a bottle so I figured I would introduce it to our fellow winers so this isn't a, a necessarily popping grape for me uh, because as Siobhan can see, the bottle is it's, it's <clears throat> almost right. It's, yeah. Uh-huh. So I definitely enjoyed this one, but I figured this would be a good one to share with you all. So that's what I am doing. Okay, so uh, I looked it up 
Pinot versus Pinot Gris. There is a difference. Oh, it's okay. the same grape though. Okay. So it's the same grape, different wine. Pinot Gris, oh. Pinot Grigio, or Graubergunder is a white wine grape variety of the species Vitis vinifera, thought to be a mutant clone of the Pinot Noir variety. Y'all know how I feel about the Pinot Noir. It normally <laughs> <Same> mutant. <laughs> and hopefully that helps it out. It normally has a grayish blue fruit accounting for its name, but the grapes can have a brownish pink to black and even white appearances. Mm-hmm. It's originally from France. And the Pinot Grigio is the most popular of the two, is lighter mm-hmm. bodied, crisp, clean, and vibrant with citrus flavors. Yes, it does. While the Pinot Gris is sweet. This is why we're back to white people. The Pinot Gris, <laughs> on the other hand, is sweet and has spicy tropical fruit aromas. It mm. generally has low acidity, higher alcohol levels, and a rich texture. Oh, shoot. I got the wrong one. You said higher alcohol levels. Let's go. I'm trying to get lit. I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just kidding. So they are based on the same grape, same grape, different wine. Okay, well, that will be our wine fun fact for today. So jumping right into our wonderful topic of being a daddy's girl. <clears throat> Vocals. Um, <laughs> that is a um, version of a vocal. Uh, hey, 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 girl, <laughs> hold up. See, she tested my gangs. I'm not <laughs> testing it. Just, you know what? <laughs> me, me, me. You can wow us at karaoke. You don't I have will. to today. I will. For those who don't know, we have something very, very special coming up around the holiday season. So stay tuned. Let's <laughs> see how that, this goes. I, I get my vocals uh, warmed up, you know, like the, like the seagull on the little mermaid. But back <laughs> to... <laughs> being a daddy's girl so if you all have listened to us in any of our previous episodes you kind of get the gist that we are both spoiled um and our daddy's girls or have been at some portion of our lives where it has definitely um put a lasting effect into (laughs) Our attitudes, characteristics, and men choices. <laughs> that is extremely accurate. So, um, Shavon, tell me, what is one thing, what is one good thing you've experienced about being a quote-unquote daddy's girl? I'm going to be honest with y'all. Mm-mm. I don't 100. <laughs> nope. Anytime she starts, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest though. Mm-mm. Go ahead though. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm listening. Go on, boo. Go. <laughs> I don't really remember 100%. Um, for anyone who listened to the Gender Roles episode, our first one with the guys, I have a very sorted, I have a sorted and complicated history with my father. Um, I think I was a daddy's girl up until the age of eight. And once puberty started, the split and divide started. 
yeah. Uh, but up until that point, I don't really, I don't really remember a whole lot. I only can really go off what people tell me. I know my mother used to tell me when I was a baby. My mom used to tell me that when I was a baby and a toddler, if she would leave me at, you know, the babysitters or my grandparents' house, I would pretty much be like, bye, everything, you know, see you later. But if my dad dropped me off, I would be like kicking and screaming and no, no. Like, so I guess that we had that level at one point in time. Uh Mm Uh-huh. But again, this is from like baby to toddler age. And I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I know we were close. I want to say second and third grade. Um, but not kindergarten. Well, I don't really remember. I don't remember kindergarten. <laughs> I don't really remember first grade. Really? I, I don't. I just, I remember, I'll say this. I have a few very good memories of my father. One of them was I had a summer camp that I was in and he came and picked me up around lunch and we spent the rest of the day he took me to an amusement park like just on the random um that was one good memory uh my father was a firefighter and I remember he took me to the firehouse a couple times because he had to go pick up his check you know Mm -hmm. all of that and the other memory I have actually really wasn't even him it was me and one of his um his co-workers played ping pong at the at the firehouse while he was there to pick up his check (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they saw and I got to slide down the pole and oh. they saw I played ping pong they let me honk the honk the horn you know because as we were talking last week about raising daughters when you're that age and you're young it is oh the cute little black girl the cute little girl and, and you get to do all this stuff I gotta do all this oh. stuff oh yes oh yeah and the older you get don't touch that <laughs> and then the older you get and you become <laughs> I don't even know the word for it he taught me how to drive. I mean, that didn't, that didn't really end. It didn't end well, but he taught me how to drive when I was 12 in the cemetery, his car. So I appreciate, you know, the effort. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In the cemetery? Yeah, you couldn't do it on the street. I was 12. You know, cemeteries have, ours was a bit, it was a pretty large cemetery and nobody really went there. For those who don't know, you live by a college campus. So living by a college campus, you can't quite get the free, you know, parking lot experience. Oh, I understand because my first driving experience with my father was reckless, but (laughs) I just didn't expect cemetery. Yeah, it was in the cemetery. Hmm. But for people who don't know me, I actually really like cemeteries. It's a very macabre thing about me i used to i had my when i had a dog before roman i had a dog before roman and i used to we used to walk and i could walk her off leash i used to just walk her around the cemetery there's just something peaceful to me about cemeteries it's just it is and then where our, and then our cemetery had a lot of deer in it too so <laughs> um yeah but that's that's those are the two and there's another one, but it's not coming to me right now. But that I think going to the amusement park was probably one of the best memories that I had of my father that's still lasting. Um, but like I say, I was like seven or eight when that happened. So I don't okay. really remember. I mean, I can understand. Um, and that's where our stories, for those who don't know, they do defer. I am still to this day the daddy's girl 
No, I am not my father's only girl. Yes, my father spoiled each and every one of us. But I, I just, I am me. I am he, we are we. <laughs> if that makes sense. If, if you can understand what I say, I'm saying. His name is Michael. I'm named after him. Mm. So, so that in itself <laughs> was boom. Um, my dad has is an entrepreneur. He has his own heat and air conditioning uh, company. At a very young age, um, I did go to a preschool for uh, not a preschool, a daycare for a little while. A very, 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 very little while, <laughs> um, and. After that, I was literally with my father on jobs. I was like, literally, the contractors knew me. When you saw my dad, you saw me. I was his writing partner to the point where when he actually did sign me up for a, a, a preschool or daycare, whatever you want to call it, like, I didn't do the cry thing. I was too mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'ma just be honest. Oh, I used to be mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, look. So it was more so I was upset. I was angry. And one, my dad wasn't having the crying thing. So if anything, it was, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to sit right here until you come pick me up because this is that and the other. I don't care about nobody in here. I don't like none of y'all. Where's my daddy? <laughs> Um, and it took me a while to, you know, kind of get out of that. And my dad did that one because I would be going to school soon. Right. And he knew, <laughs> no, nah, baby, he got to go to school. So he was doing his prep work per se. Um, but when I was a baby, everybody would say I would go to sleep like through the night unless I was laying on my dad's chest and I think I slept on my dad's chest till I was about maybe four or five and my dad was like yeah you're, you're too big to sleep on me this this isn't appropriate and <laughs> I remember having to make that adjustment didn't like it but I made it <laughs> mm. I did um and even to this day it's things that people can say to me, but until it comes from my father, subconsciously, I just don't listen. And yes, it is a problem in my relationship, but we're working through it. Because it's things that my husband can say to me. And I go, yeah, but I don't care. And this is what I feel and blah, 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 blah. So what? I'll talk to me like, daddy, let me tell you what he said. And he go, well, Michelle, he's right. And on my head, in my head, I'm like, I did not. Call you for that. Thank you to agree with him. Like, <laughs> I am your daughter. What do you mean? Like, you are forever. And one thing, and yes, I still think that way. And my father has never been that type of person. My father has always been the person. He's not going to tell you just what you want to hear. He's never been that guy. I don't know why I still call him sometimes because I get upset with myself. Why did you call him? You knew he wasn't going to say that anyway. You knew all he going to say is, I do all of that to myself, but I still home my daddy period and like I said uh, my dad will tell me the same thing and I'll be like oh. but I'll listen 
even when it comes to my mom, like I listen to my mom, but my dad can tell me something in a different way, a meaner, straightforward way, because my mother is definitely a gentle soul. And it, I don't know, it hits me different. And I'm guessing, I'm thinking that's because of the relationship from a very young age um, that we formed. Now, please don't get it twisted. My daddy and I have been through some hell and high water, I don't like you. We definitely hit that phase. Even now, as a grown person, I'd be like, yo, like, yeah, dad, I'm not doing that. But I, we are, it always, it always comes back. So, um, it, yeah, I don't know. And it's, it's just, it's weird. You know, it's some of those things, um, you know how when you, uh, I was looking at an article, you know how when you read an article and you're like, well, typical daddy's girls will have, ex- uh, show these signs of X, Y, and Z in a relationship. And I, was, I don't do that. Do I do that? Do I do that, husband? And he'd be like, yeah. Like, mm. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't believe that the where there's a positive um stigmatism behind being a daddy's girl, there's a very, very negative connotation that is to me is just improper. I think it's looked at wrong. I mean, what you think? I, I, that's just my thoughts. And it might be because I'm close, you know, it might be hitting home for me. What you think, Siobhan? I think there's always an extreme. I think there's always an extreme to anything. And so anything can become a negative, even if it starts off as a positive. Um, that is very true. So, or neutral even. Can mm-hmm. anything to the extreme can become a negative? Um mm-hmm to your question about good or bad. And I mean, I know they say that about, you know, mama's boys or daddy's girls have negative connotations. And I think it's just people take them to the extreme. I also think part of that is it can be threatening to Uh. people who aren't will, who really don't have your best interest at heart. Let me say it like this. If you're a daddy's girl, then that means you have a male influence that's going to protect and provide and defend you at all costs, Mm -hmm. any cost. And a lot of girls, especially let's be real in the black community and all of these deadbeat dads out here don't have that, which make them easy targets for men, Mm -hmm. boys, males with bad intentions. So a, a female girl, woman who has her father around you can't do all that. The stuff that you can do or try to do to a, a, a female who doesn't have a father figure, and I'll say father figure, because it doesn't right. even necessarily have to be her father. It can be an uncle. It can be a grandfather. It can right. be a godfather. It can be, you know, her mom's boyfriend, depending on how long he's been around. Without mm-hmm. that male protection become easy targets. And I feel like that's that's where I think a lot of them, oh, you a daddy's girl. Which is basically, mm-hmm. oh, I can't screw you over. No, you mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm not oh, going to apologize. layer of protection around mm-hmm. you. I think um, for those of us who do, like you said, who do have that, you are absolutely correct in that. Um, they're, for the good ones, because I know 
mm-hmm. within daddy girl nine times out of ten you're talking about the good fathers the good influences um they talk to us and they they keep they get us hip to game oh my mm-hmm. they have me hip to game for a minute like to the point where <laughs> i like i said i used to be around my father so much back in the day my father my father was was a guy you know he was out in them streets he was a rolling stone it's, oh oh that's an understatement i told anybody papa was a rolling stone is an understatement my daddy was something else <laughs> um but, a boulder rolling down <laughs> look hey <laughs> an avalanche okay <laughs> Papa was uh, an avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so, but with that, he still took care of us all, um, including the women and their children. So um, that's another reason why I'd be like, yeah, that's like my brother, because again, my father was involved with a lot. And what changed him was what I said, not what anyone else said. We went someplace and I was like, oh, I ain't going to be stupid. My daddy tell me, my daddy talks to me. He tells me things. My daddy got three girlfriends. And my dad said, when he heard me say that, immediately he slowed down. He stopped. He cut people off. He got it together. He said, because while I was at an age, a a very, very young age, I was probably about four or five, a very young age. I might have been younger than that. Um, And I recognized this and I was able to, and this was the part, I was able to articulate it. That got to him because what he didn't want is for me to think that is what's supposed to happen. A man is supposed to be this, and you are supposed to accept On the weekend. Yeah, hey, hey, your man is my man, and my man is yours and hers and hers and hers. And my father mm-hmm. was like, na 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 So that, and he says it all the time, his children made him grow up. And as an adult who had now in my 35 plus years who has a 16 year old I can understand yes because Malachi definitely made me grow up I would definitely probably be a completely different person had my son not been here yup I mean I knew you back I knew you (laughs) I'm not gonna contest that I'm gonna get silent and let that be my amen (laughs) Um, so um and and I think that's what happened so when with that happening to me, I can understand why guys, when they see another male figure, they go, oh, wait, I, ha- I have to find a different way. Mm-hmm. I have to find a different way to try to, you know, get what I want, quote unquote, or manipulate or, you know, mm-hmm. play the game. Um, because I think with being around those positive male figures, those daddies, girls, we a lot of times we we are more hip to some of the stuff. Again, that's if the dad is doing the, I'm going to teach you and, you know, and not baby you. Because I do feel like there are some daddy's girls that are just dumb. <laughs> 
And those are the ones who, I think it depends on the male influences in your life and what they consider or how they value you as their daughter. Because mm-hmm. you have the father's or the, the paternal influences, male influences that will teach you the game. Mm-hmm. And you also have the daddy's girls who just pamper and spoil and buy and buy and buy. And my daughter is a princess. And, they, and so now this girl who is a daddy's girl, you know, mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. but her thought of what love is or what, how a man should treat a woman is, oh, he just got to buy monetary. Mm-hmm. It's monetary. It's what can you get me? Oh, he mm-hmm. got me this. I can do that. And then that's how those mm-hmm. types of daddy's girls get manipulated in a in a lot i also had a quote once that we're going to put up in the wall um that says <laughs> a father's job is to teach his daughter how a lady should be treated right that's that is the responsibility and i will also say i acknowledge you know the the daughters or the the girls whose fathers are dead but the brother stepped in yep or the uncle stepped in. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have, like I say, come eight years old, third grade, there was a wedge. Puberty put a wedge there. By middle school, it basically, and part of this is because, as I said before, my father and I are, are, were a lot of the same person. And so I got his combat. Like I got the don't back down, don't say mm-hmm. like, you want to go to war, we go into war, we going toe to toe, let's do mm-hmm. it, let's go. And that included him. Like we go, went back and forth a lot. But what happened around middle school was my brothers came in. Mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. and I've said this before and I will say it again, <laughs> I had a lot of male friends. Mm-hmm. And my male friends, I while after in middle and high school, definitely, and somewhat in middle school, it bothered me that you don't see me as a girl. I think that's probably one of the best things that could have happened because my relationships with them stayed innocent. My relationships with them stayed platonic. And mm-hmm. a lot of them taught me a lot of stuff. Also in the same vein, my father's generation is different. Like, yeah, game is still a lot the same, but now I'm seeing it from my actual brothers running it on girls telling me about what they've done yeah. or, or I'm sitting around in a group full of four or five guys. And this used to happen a lot. Four or five guys having conversations about females. And I'm just like, so that's how y'all feel. That's I how mean, you really feel? Not, not, right. I mean, you know, you cool. Like we're not talking about you. I mean, clearly, but that's really how but you feel. That's how what you think. That's what you think. So my my perspective of guys my own age, my actual peers, the people who, when I started dating or was going to start dating, were more than likely the type I'm going to be around, being that observant and having all these brothers <laughs> and brother figures, I was, I was hip to a lot of stuff, which is why, and I know the husband says this about <laughs> me, you, Eureka, all of us is come mm-hmm. up. Oh, y'all dudes. Oh, y'all guys. And honestly, I take that as a compliment because in many ways to me, I'm like, but you got to respect me. So if the alternative is, and I guess that's part of what it comes down to is in this day and age, also a lot of men in general don't really respect women because they're not shown how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you only respect men. You only respect each other. You respect the person who's going to come at you. Like I saw the Wonder Years. I guess they're remaking it, redoing it with a black cast. But I saw the 
trailer and there was this girl who put this boy in a headlock on the bus and these other two boys were watching um, it and one of them and the one in the little was like i dig it I was, yeah he was like, <laughs> I dig about it. her i was like that's hilarious oh i wish i had you know tv okay we'll talk about tv nostalgia a whole nother day because that's TV a whole had me mm-hmm thinking some other things <laughs> okay like but that's why i say i think for me i still got that the male influence but my inf- male influence just didn't come from my dad it came from my brothers and it came from my uncle it came from my brother my dad's brother who actually lives in texas my uncle d hey uncle d um <laughs> because he was even in texas what i would have wanted my father to be my father was very mm-hmm. lax i remember asking my father one time about a boyfriend i had and he was like i mean if you like him okay um, and i remember telling my uncle now i asked my i asked my cousin who was my uncle's actual daughter mm-hmm. and she was only two years younger than me i think i was like 15 at the time and i was like oh Bree, do you have a boyfriend and he was like she ain't got no boyfriend and you ain't got one either and i was like how you gonna tell me i don't have i'm all the way in new and you ain't got no boyfriend in new york I was like, I have a whole boyfriend. Well, how does my brother feel about that? I'm like, he doesn't say anything. I'm going I'm to talk to my brother about that then. And uh-huh. I remember my prom, well, I didn't go to prom, but I remember my senior year, he was like, oh, you got prom this year, don't you? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I'm gonna come up with the Buick and my shotgun. What, when is it? And I was just like, I'm oh. not going. And he was like, well, why are you not going to the prom? You should go to the prom. I said, you just said you coming up there with a shotgun. <laughs> uncle Dexter, make it make sense. What? But that was what I had wanted mm-hmm. that I didn't. I got that from my uncle. And to mm-hmm. this day, um, and I said this in another episode, my dad's dead, whatever to me, my uncle is my heart. Like my uncle is my rock. Like I've talked to like me and boo friend had this conversation. And if I was ever going to jump the broom, go down an aisle, sign a sign of anything, my uncle would be there. Like mm-hmm. I would, he, and I have always had, I've always felt more of that. He had more of a, what I wanted in a father, that protector mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. My brother schooled me to the game. My uncle gave me more of a protector vibe. And I mean, my father did the provider thing. So I got, you know, all parts of what pieces. a father should be just pieces. in different piece, pieces. Pieces, pieces to me. Okay. But um, as you um, said, so I think that that's what does it to me for dating. So let me ask you this question before I go my side. Okay. How do you think... Um, your relationship with your father influenced your relationships, your romantic relationships, either in dating oh, or a whole lot. A whole lot. And I say a whole lot because, like I said in the other episode, before I had my son, I was attracting trash and tra- attracting trash to the point where, like, I knew, like, I know that you know that I'm not going to say <laughs> yes to you asking me. I like, we both know this. Why are you over here? Um, that so I and I was like what is going on and I would ask my father and my father would be like look I'm be honest with you what you doing when you out in these streets what you doing and that's the one thing I could always depend on my dad for that honest that honest like mirror that honest reflection that honest all right I ain't gonna tell you what you want to hear. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And 
My father was tough. My father was. He is tough. So he is not a sugar coder <laughs> in any pieces of the word to the point where sometimes it's damn near harsh. You say, well, damn, daddy, I feel like you don't love me. <laughs> like, I'm your daughter. Like, if you would say this to me, God forbid, a stranger on the street comes up. Like, what? But I could definitely always depend on him to, to give me the honest, the honest opinion to do what's what. But it, it, <laughs> It influenced my relationship when, especially when, because it was one point I rebelled against it. I rebelled against being a daddy's girl. I didn't want to talk to nobody like my father. I didn't want to talk to nobody who had the same name to, even to the point, and to go to show you life, the person who I end up having a child by, him and my father have the same name. The person who I had my child by, me, and my child's father's mother have the same name. Mm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So the more I try to rebel against it, the mm. more it was something that pulled me back to a reference of my father um, to the point where inadvertently, without my knowledge or consideration, you know how they say, oh, well, you know, children marry. Oh, I knew you married the husband. I knew that. I don't know how you didn't see it, but I saw it. I didn't. I saw it. I feel like (laughs) I saw certain characteristics, which is what attracted me to him. The provider, the person who was going to be there, the supportive person, like the, the family guy, like that part. And that's what my father is. The person that will go out here and get it. Like, I'm not going to, if, if by any means necessary, my family is going to have the, per- like he, he's that mm-hmm. guy. And that's the type of person my husband is. Yes. So that part, and that's why I say, yes, it influenced because I found that in my spouse. However, <laughs> the asshole side. You just didn't see that. The rest of, of us my did. Father, <laughs> my husband has as well. Yep. To the point where sometimes I look at my husband and I question if he is my father's child <laughs> and not me. And for me to say that, that's a whole thing. Because on my dad's side of the family, like my nickname is Nikki. I was not Michelle until I got about 11, 12 years old. My name was Mickey. Like, if I go to North Carolina right now, they're going to call me Mickey. They're not going to call it. It doesn't happen. Mm. It doesn't. I only had my, 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 my lovely, lovely auntie is the only person who really, really called me Michelle um, my entire life. And that's because it's her middle name. Mm. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that was ego. That ain't really have nothing to do with you. That wasn't really about you. But that's like my favorite auntie, like my favorite. Um, yeah, it definitely had a huge, and and again, it could have. I think I truly think it was subconsciously. Did I know my father, my my husband had a butthole side to him? Absolutely. Did I know it was to the extent of it was? I it's a, it's times where I look at my husband and go, my name. It's not Patricia. 
the way my mama would react. It's not the way I'm going to react, Michael. Mm. Like, like legit, like legit, like legit. So, um, and sometimes that's a big hiccup in in us because, yeah, I I am Mickey Jr. And he has Mickey tendencies. So Mickey and Mickey, that's a heck of a combination. Yep. Um, But there's love there. And we fuss and fight, but we almost seven years in. It's been a rough one, but look, we we make mama, we making it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> By the grace of God. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely influenced. And I think it always will. Like, I think that my children, especially my girls, they're going to look for something similar to their father as well um Layla is truly a daddy's girl period and yes that that's a big thing um Jayla I feel like she's going to look for someone with her father's characteristics but maybe a little quirky a little nerdy mm-hmm. um and again this is just what I see from their personalities I could definitely be wrong but I definitely think that that is something that happens to us all um and I think even that can go to an extreme because where I found someone that was like my father my quote-unquote full-blooded sister went and found someone that was completely opposite from our father and watching that relationship made me go, nope. <laughs> I'd rather deal with someone like my father than to deal with that. Because that, I can't do. So I, I think it could have either a positive or negative depending on that that relationship you actually have with your father. I think that also depends on the person, though, because I'm no. That's I, that, I, I'm not negating that. I'm I mean, the girl, that. like that, also depends on the personality no, yeah, of the girl. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm also not negating that. I'm not saying that's the only factor. Oh no, but I do think that that is a, a large piece of it as well. Not the largest, no, but a large. Like I know for me, I never wanted to do like my father come middle school. Like I remember sitting in, I remember sitting in class. And they split the boys up and they split the girls up and they asked the girls who in here wants to marry a man like their father. And nobody raised their hand. I mean, but no, not one, nobody. And I know my parents were married. I know my friend Tamaya's parents were married. Everybody else, I don't really know up and down. It was a whole lot of single parents, single parent households. But I know... People and the reason I say that is because I know two people at my table, and I think two people behind me. A couple people turned and looked at me and were like, "Really, Siobhan? Because people knew like my dad was around. You would see him at the park playing playing games, playing ball, tennis, whatever with the neighborhood boys." And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm good," because my father's. I am my father's daughter. And I I got the attitude and I was just like, absolutely not. Because by that point we were rough. But I know that for me, 
Um, and Boo Friend and I were actually talking about this, as you call him, earlier, because he was talking about and dealing with me. He was like, the problem is he was like, your friends have done so much for you and spoiled you that it's so hard <laughs> for me to do anything um, to match that. And I think, and I have said that. I told my other, my best friend, Cody, I told him that back when we were in like college age, I said, yo, you at that point, my brothers were Cody, Shatan, Brandon. Tell him, don't be blaming us for your spoiledness, darn it. And I was like, uh, not you, my male friends, my guy oh, friends. Oh, okay. okay. He friends. can blame, he can blame. So <laughs> he was talking about, uh, so basically Cody, Shatan, and Brandon, and then my friend Will a little bit as well, because he was like, they spoil you. And I remember in college, I was really close with them. And I told Cody, actually, I said, Joe, I really appreciate you. But you know what? Y'all going to make it impossible for me to ever find somebody because and and to what you were saying earlier. And like I was saying earlier, my uncle did this. My dad was my dad was the provider. My uncle was a protector. My brothers schooled me. And that's basically been like, well, this person does this. This person does this. This person does this. This person does this. Even when I was quote unquote, dating or entertaining guys, I had a five lineup. This one is good conversation. This one is good to look at. This one spends money on me. This one does this. This one does it. Like I always had my five and it wasn't, <laughs> I'm being so honest about who I was in high school and college. Like I have, I had my twenties. Yeah. My twenties, <laughs> I was chilling. I was chilling a little more, but I had my, like my early twenties. Yes. This still apply, but I had my five. I had my roster. And to be honest, three of them were my brothers. Two of them were dudes I was kind of like interested in, but it was like, you, you fill voids here. And that's not including like this one guy I have, I was friends with Trey who has called, called me his wife since I was like in middle school. He was three years older than me. He always took my hood, my hood homie, my hood hun, you know, my three brothers, my, well, my best friend, my two brothers. And then there was always like my boyfriend. So I always had five that made sure I was good. So I was like, Yo, how am I find all five of y'all in one person? Like, I, I don't really know how I do that. I don't really know how I, like, how do I do that? Like, how, how do I do that? And then so, but I think that's what's influenced my relationships and made it difficult because I have been spoiled and I've been spoiled by so many that it's basically been, and so I, I guess from a daddy's girl's perspective, it would be well, what you, you won't do my dad will. But for me, it was like, oh, well, what girl. you won't do my brother's will. I got a friend that will. I'm not worried about mm -hmm. you. Yeah, that <laughs> that was probably one of the, uh, the biggest things in my dating life. And even when it comes to my marriage sometimes. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I remember the first few years I got married. And it was like, not that my husband told me no out of selfishness or anything like mm -hmm. that. He would just be like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And in my head, I'm like, what? Hey. <laughs> Did you say no? And that, like you said, that was always a thing, especially when I was single, because I also had my best friend, my male best friend. I didn't want for anything. Not like, I could go to my mailbox friend and be like, I want, it's three o'clock in the morning. I want to go downtown. I want, I want big slice. 
this Bama loved him to death, would get up out his bed, come get me, take me downtown, get my big slice, and take me back home. And then he go home. And he ain't live close. <laughs> so when you have friends, first of all, when you have a father that'll do things like that, I call my daddy, I'm full-blown grown. Daddy, I'm hungry. He send me money. Or I look up, he's standing at my job. Or hey, babe, like that type stuff. It, it just happened. It comes with the, it, it came with the territory. So when you have things like that, that you're used to in a lifestyle, when you start dating and you start looking for a spouse and things like that, it's like, this is a standard that yep. I am used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't have to which, match this, at least. You can't match this, and that's at minimum. At minimum. Um, oh, you, and I used to say this all the time to the point where my baby sister, who I call my junior, uh, my junior daddy's girl, and we have a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, uh, she she says it just as well as I do. Okay, well, you ain't got to do it. I can just have my default. And I had to learn to stop saying that, especially after I got married. Well, oh, the car broke down. Well, why you ain't call my fault? Oh, well, this is, well, why you ain't call daddy? Why is, and my husband's like, okay, that's your father. Right. Two, we're married. Why you didn't call me? Well, I called my daddy, but why you didn't call me? I'm your husband. So... <laughs> It's a transition, but yes, it, having those benefits, it mm-hmm. does. It, I can see where sometimes it can it can create a, a handicap, but it's is and if you like you said in in excessiveness, it, it can go to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be, you know. And I was brought down a lot, even with me being a daddy's girl. I was brought down a lot of times. It was by my daddy. I think the other part is with it, it, and I'll say this from the friendship, because like I said, I have brothers. So for me, as, as a woman, these are guys I'm not related to. They don't mm-hmm. owe me anything. They didn't mm-hmm. birth me. They not why I'm here. They are not responsible for me legally. There's nothing I'm really, mm-hmm. and they do all this for me and they don't expect sex. Nothing. Nothing. And I think that's important. That's why I became who I am as well, because it was like I saw so many guys, oh, do something for a woman, but they expect. My male friends weren't like that. So any dude, it was like, you got to do this bare minimum. And you can't be here like, well, I did all this for you. So let me get, let you get what? Because I could just call Shatan right now. Let you get what? Because I can call Cody right now. We can, I can leave. I can leave. I can go. Oh, I can get home. I can get I, home. I don't have, I don't to, have to be here. I don't like I got options. It's not a problem. I will walk. Trust and believe. <laughs> that sense of entitlement, being a being a daddy's girl, that sense of entitlement is huge. But I don't even know if I would call it entitlement. I would say it's self-worth. That sense of self-worth. I think it's both. I, I definitely think it's self-worth. And because I know that. This is like we said, it's a standard. I know that. But it can also be a sense of entitlement because I had plenty of people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't have Yeah, and I know like one of my best friend who's been, and we actually dated twice. (laughs) Me and one of my best friends. (laughs) 
But, um, you know, nothing ever happened. It was real innocent. It was middle school and high school. Absolutely nothing. But it was so known that we were just friends that I was the only girl that could stay the night at his grandparents' house. And this was when he had a king size bed and he was living in their basement in a king size bed. So it wasn't like I was sleeping on the couch. No, that was it. Like he was the only person my mother knew. I was like, yo, I'm going to be staying with Cody because I have a dentist. I had an appointment in the morning. I was like, it's just easier for me to stay up. She was like, okay. I said, so I'm going to Cody's grandparents house and then he's going to take me to the appointment. Mm -hmm. All right. That was it. And this was at 20. Mm-hmm. 21 this was at maybe 2021 so and my mother's at that point my mom's thing was you need to be on your way home by 2 a.m mm-hmm. because the clothes close at two clubs close at 2 a.m the only exception to that rule was cody mm-hmm. the second exception was kind of shatan it was like well where are you oh i'm with shatan i'll be on my way home around three okay cool that was it these were but this was my best friend and my brother and my mom knew them. I had known them since middle school. It was never on that level. It was never on that line. Like, and because of that, I think that that was what I learned was I'm not, I know my self-worth because the men around me made sure that I knew it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all in all, what I think, and I'm going to try to summarize what I think we're actually saying in this episode of Daddy, you know, Family Chronicles, Daddy's issue being a daddy for being a daddy's girl is not a bad thing. Nope. Let's 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 not turn something that is actually a true gift into something toxic. Now, yes, if it's not kept and it's in in a, in a healthy place, of course, anything can become toxic. Right, but. It actually, to me, produces very healthy, um, very healthy women. We mm-hmm. are strong. We because we are, you know, we have that sense of quote entitlement. We know our self worth. We have a standard. And for those guys who are out here thinking, oh, this woman is high maintenance or that 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 the other, oh, she spoils her parents or her dad or uncle or somebody does everything for her. Instead of looking at it in that manner. Look at it as she has a hedge of protection around her. You know, this is something that she's used to. And instead of fighting against it, become a part of it. And I think for most daddy's girls, when when we are out seeking a partner, that's what we're looking for. Someone who will become a part of it and not try to rip apart. Mm-hmm what's already in place um so let's let's get rid of the negative connotations behind being a daddy's girl yes we do know there's always bad to anything but let's try to focus on the positive because from a daddy's girl it's an awesome thing annoyingly awesome thing Um, i will also add considering how so many men have issues with quote-unquote over independent and modern day women let me tell you what most daddy's girls I know have the knowledge and know-how and ability to be submissive. Yes. Because you don't have to fight for yourself all the time. So if you want a woman who can play that role, more than likely someone who's had strong men in her life mm-hmm. will be that way. Cause she doesn't have to be superwoman all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She didn't have she to. She knows mm-hmm. when it's like, yo, I can sit and chill because, but by the same token, then that means you have to step up as a man. That means there's a requirement and don't be afraid to meet the requirement. Guys, don't be afraid to meet the requirement. And I think that's sums up what you were saying. Don't be afraid to meet the requirement of that young lady, you know, or of that person. And her requiring you be at a certain minimum level is not her emasculating you. It's not any of that. So for this woman, if she's used to being provided for, protected, everything a woman is supposed to be, why would she... Why would she expect or require less? And if you really value her, then you will step up and you will earn the right to. I don't want to say replace is in you come and take away, but replace her father and being the first person that she goes to, because that's what it's supposed to be. Yes. 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 You'll be that another. Again, you're joining. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no. There's not this. I don't think there's another way to say it. Um, but yeah, being a daddy's girl is a great thing. Um, as long as it's, it's treated appropriate. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and on that note, uh, cheers, to, cheers that. to that. So now that our wonderful glasses are empty or seemingly, Siobhan, what is your rating um, for your Pinot Gris? Yeah, so this says our Pinot Gris grapes come from vineyard sites near Salem, Oregon. We ferment the wine at cool temperatures in stainless steel, then age it on light leaves to preserve the rich aromas and ripe fruit flavors that Pinot Gris has to offer. Let me tell you what, this was a little crispier. Like, it sounds sweet, right? When we did the Pinot Grigio versus Pinot Mm -hmm. Gris, that this was supposed to be sweeter. It wasn't really that sweet. Like, and it had like a crisp bite in it. And I'm guessing that's the the spicy that they said that it has. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of, of the spicy or or the or the, you know, the fruit aroma that smelled nice. And it was a very nice shade. Um, pretty clear, like a kind of had like a champagne yellow tint to it, but it was very pretty. But I I didn't really like it was OK. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about this one. It was, it would be a good, um, it would be a good seafood wine, I guess, and a good hors d'oeuvres wine, but nothing okay. to me to write home about. So I'll, I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Okay. Right in the middle. Um, so my Marcel Canale Pinot Grigio Tritino. Um, I love this wine. Again, I had it at the restaurant. This is definitely a four. Um, I can't give it a five because I feel like I haven't had enough wines to say. <laughs> uh, yes, this is a five. So I'm going to give it a solid four with room to grow. Um, on the back of this, because I don't have my glasses, which I definitely should invest in getting. Um, it comes from a five-year-old state, excuse me, five-year, excuse me, 500-year-old estate in Northern Italy. Um, Yeah, I need my glasses. This is small. And it has uh, notes of peach and pear with a clean finish. And and, um, it has aromas of apricot. 
I will say yes. I can taste every last piece of one. When you no, really, um, the apricot. It's very subtle. It's one of those things where if you don't know what an apricot tastes like, you'll be like, I don't know what that is, but I've mm. had it. Um, the peach and pear gives it its slight sweetness. This is not a very sweet wine, um, but I I definitely enjoy it. Uh, um, this, like I said, this is I had this with my dinner, which was a pasta. I had a chicken alfredo with broccoli, and it paired with it very nicely. So I think this would go nicely with a pasta. You know, some garlic bread. You know, anything Italian. You know. <laughs> Um, for the most part, but nothing heavy, like a lasagna would be too heavy for it. Um, so, you know, just the, your light pasta dishes, I think okay. this goes really, really well with. Um, so yeah, my rating is a four. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the sad, sad conclusion of another wonderful episode of A Little Something to Whine About with your host, Ty Michelle. And Siobhan Camille. And please be sure to join us next week. If you want to keep up with us during the next seven days, look us up on Instagram at a little something, the number two, whine about. Again, that's a little something, the number two, whine about. We love to hear what you guys have been drinking, (laughs) thinking and drinking and sipping on and let us know are you a daddy's girl are you a father and you're raising a daddy's girl we want to know these things comment below if you feel we have conversations there too and as always there's nothing wrong with a little wine Toodle.